This week on the Recruitment Flex. Unfortunately, our announcer is under the weather this week, so you're stuck with me. While Shelly is jet-setting again, going to some concert somewhere. This week's episode, we asked the question, when will driverless trucking happen? We'll give you some insights on the recruitment marketing tools you need and what features you should be looking for when you buy an ATS. TRF with Serge and Shelly starts after this message from Van Hack. Hey, Shelly, do you remember the days of being in corporate talent acquisition? Oh, absolutely. Every time the phone rang, it was another staffing agency claiming to be innovative and different. I used to wonder when someone would truly elevate the industry. Well, hold on to your hat here because that's exactly what Van Hack has done. Shelley, picture this. A closed community of pre-verified tech talent ready to relocate to Canada with all the paperwork taken care of. Sounds too good to be true? Well, not anymore. Van Hack has made it a reality. They have built the community of skilled software developers eager to make the move, and they handle the entire immigration process. And that's not all. They're taking it up a notch. Companies with offshore development teams listen up. Van Hack's introducing the Canadian Engineering Office. Move your entire dev team to Canada, and Van Hack handles all the nitty-gritty details of immigration and relocation. So can you imagine, Serge? The applause from your CIO if you were to walk into his office and bring this solution to the table. Shelly, every time I walk into an office, I get applause. But that's not all. (laughs) The best part is they've got certified immigration consultants on board who've done this countless times. They understand that every family situation is unique. Revolutionize the way you recruit, relocate, and retain talent because when it comes to innovation in the talent acquisition world, Van Hack is leading the charge. Get ready to be the hero of your company. Check out vanhack.com today. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Bonjour and welcome to the Recruitment Flex. Shelly, you're about to jet set and go on another vacation. What's going on here? No, it's just a day trip. It's no big deal. You make it sound like I am jetting off to Paris or something, which I wish. Oh, my goodness. I so wish. Where are you going? We're just going to Vancouver, in and out. For what? Like, you know, there's a little concert happening tonight in Vancouver. Another concert. Who's playing tonight? Don't tell me Depeche Mode. No. (laughs) Don't come for me, bro. Jeez. I like what I like. So, yes, the 1975 is playing in Vancouver. I'm very excited. I don't like that band anymore. I, I did for a few minutes. Remember an episode I never heard of them, then I yes, saw them on Saturday Night Live. And then you saw them on SNL. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I kind of like them. And then as a Swifty, I can't like them anymore, right? Because yes. I'm a lead singer, oh. so I can't be a fan anymore. Yeah. I'm on the Taylor Swift side of this. So, Are the girls still really big Taylor Swift fans? Yeah, they love Taylor Swift. But Sean Mendes is a big hit with Mallory. I think Sean Mendes is now the favorite. Ed Sheeran, those types okay. of bands. They're all pretty all good, of, right? All like, of Taylor's friends. Yeah, all of Taylor's friends. Yeah, exactly. Is so Sean cute. Mendes, a Taylor friend? I, I don't even know. I know Shelley. Ed Sheeran and her best friends. 
Yeah, I love Ed Sheeran, actually. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Shelly, I've got some exciting yeah. news. We've got a couple of new sponsors starting this month. So okay. one that everyone's heard of because we've talked a lot about them. So Plum. Mm-hmm. Our friends at Plum.io, our sponsors are the tip of the week. And we have a new sponsor, yeah. Metova. So Metova, actually based in Mexico and the US as well, been a longtime friend of them. And when I worked in talent acquisition, I leveraged them quite a bit. So I'm very excited to bring them on board. So Plum, Excited to have you officially on board, Anatova. Welcome. <laughs> we can't wait to work yeah. with you. Yeah. Thanks so much to both Plum and Matova. Love yeah. the, the support and the partnership. For and sure. obviously, our friends Van Hack, Ilya, they've been great sponsors of the show. We love mm-hmm. them. Can you believe how close we are to 2024? It's December. It's December. Okay. Hey, do you have your tree up? Have you guys put your Christmas tree up? Yeah, I put the tree up last weekend. Oh, Did good you? for you. Good for you. Excellent. Do you have so your I'm tree doing up? that this weekend. No, not yet. I'm going to do it this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're too busy jet setting to different concerts <laughs> across the world. So no time for Christmas Tell trees. Tell as much? Yeah. Shelly, I want to jump into the news. And this okay. one is a little bit older, but I just wanted to put it out there for those that didn't know. So X, formerly Twitter, has finally opened their job search function to all users. Just reading it through so everyone has an idea. X, formerly Twitter, has made its job search function known as X Hiring available to all users after initially launching in beta in August. Mm-hmm. So obviously when uh, this first came out, it was for all verified users, but now it's open to everyone. I did play around with it. It's very basic and it looks like it was from 2009, 10. Like actually when I first got on Twitter, I thought Twitter was a great place to recruit and it was for a very short amount of time. Yeah. In 2011, Uh, right? Yes. Yeah. Around that time, I think in like 28 yeah. is when I, 2012. Yeah. There was hope. There was hope, but I think there's hope here. I don't disagree with Elon Musk. He's positioning X hiring as a direct competitor to LinkedIn. I, I think he's a little bit delusional to think that right now, but you got to have high aspirations. So I get that. And basically his comments on LinkedIn, it's cringe at an insane level. And I would agree with that because their cringe level on LinkedIn right now, just, I can't, I I just can't take it anymore. I like, it's just so bad. And I do get for the type of roles that Elon Musk hires, X is generally a way better place because if you go in certain sectors of Twitter, definitely devs, data scientists, that's where they live. And we saw that with the whole open AI debacle, everyone was getting their information and sharing information on X. So I still think there is potentially a niche for them to be successful here. But do you remember Shelly? So X acquired Lasky in May. So Lasky is a startup in this industry. The founder and CEO, Chris Backey, previously sold another startup to Indeed. And he sold his company, which was basically job seekers quickly finding good matches 
2x. And from what I'm hearing, he is running this portion of x higher or whatever they want to call it. No, I don't remember hearing that. I'm not a big fan or follower. I have heard other criticisms is that it's keyword and location. Okay, so is every job board. Yeah. Like if you want to talk about cringe and fake news, we've just got such short memories of just what a a cesspool Twitter had become. And for for some reason, he's going to throw daggers at LinkedIn. Like, how is it any different? I do imagine he'll monetize it. And if you're niche, great, then start a niche job board. If all you're going to cater to is tech and tech people having conversations and the world ends outside of Silicon Valley. I don't know. I'm not too fussed with it, whether it sticks or not, but it's a whole lot of pomp and circumstance that he just loves to create. I don't know if it's really going to do anything significant to the industry. I mean, come on. I don't know if it will or not. And you're right. It's very basic. It's keyword driven, but it's not as easy as saying, let's just start a job board and let's all like a niche tech job board and everyone will come. The biggest thing he has here, he has a massive audience. And that's the biggest things that job boards try to achieve is an audience and he has it. So there is potential here, Mm. a, a huge potential. I'm just hoping this is not the end product and this is just the start and Mm -hmm. he's going to keep iterating with everything he does. Because one thing I'll say about Elon Musk, there's not many things that he's failed at. He has been pretty impressive in everything he's done. I'm willing to give him a shot and I'm willing to give him a shot with what's going on with X as well. I don't see it long term, but let's see. Mm -hmm. So closer to home, but somewhat related to Elon and uh, Tesla is there's a little bit of hubbub going on in Windsor, Ontario, where an electric vehicle battery plant is being constructed, set to open in 2025. And the plan is to bring in 900 foreign workers. The total predicted workforce, I think, was something like 1,600. But 900 would come in for the installation of the equipment. And I don't think there's anything unusual about that at all. It's a $15 billion federal and provincial subsidies. LG Solutions is who's building it and slated to open in 2025. But the trade unions here in Ontario, they're squawking a little bit to say that that's an insult to Canadian labor, that we don't have the technicians or the talent here in Canada to do this install. And The fact that you and I are actively always looking at labor market stats, you would be, I think, extremely hard pressed to find 900 skilled people on the installation of the equipment to build electric vehicle batteries currently exist in Canada. I think the good news is if they bring them in, it gives Canadians an opportunity to upskill. It's really poor taste on behalf of the trade unions. Rather than see this as a great opportunity to upskill Canadian labor, they're making noise about it. That's my commentary. What are your thoughts, Serge? Yeah, I agree completely with you because when I first read it, I'm like, okay, there's got to be something more to it. And obviously, it's just a union being a union, right? And I get it. They're trying to protect Canadian workers. But when you dig in a little bit deeper, this will be temporary staff that will work on site for three to 18 months. And they're mainly all from South Korea who have experience with the original equipment manufacturers 
of this. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to invest that much money to build a plant in Ontario, in Canada, Canada, I want it done right. So let's get it off the right footing with people that actually know what they're doing. So I think a big hubbub, as you would say, about nothing. The union is wrong on this one. They're just causing a panic for no reason at all. Yeah, I think so too. So in other Canadian news, there was a study done by Immigration Canada that forecasted how many truck drivers Canada is going to need. And this report says that Canada will need 20,000 truck drivers to meet the needs. Talking to the Ontario Trucking Association, they're asking the federal government to do more in terms of immigration and allowing truck drivers or people with qualifications to drive trucks to come into Canada. The fear is that if they open it up too much, and this again is as per the Ontario Trucking Association, they're concerned with people coming in and basically abusing labor, not paying drivers the current rate. You know, I think it would be great if the government would support this with express entry aimed at skilled workers to bring in the right talent. And there will always be the risk. If you don't bring them in under the proper ways, what you're doing is causing them to go underground and bring people in illegally. So I think opening it up is the right thing to do versus continuing to keep the door locked or closed. That's the role and the responsibility of Immigration Canada. If you're bringing them in properly, then you have to have tracing and tracking and you know what they're being paid. I think there's some good solutions. I love that they're talking about express entry and including truck driving as one of those skills. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with hiring truck drivers and I'm actually surprised that it's only 20,000 that we will need. Like my expectations were a little bit higher. There's a couple of things here that we have to be very conscious about in I've had the situation of looking at hiring externally from other countries and there was a big gap coming in as far as the driving skills that were needed on Canadian highways, short haul, long haul. But I think that's something we can overcome, right? With the right training, the right programs in place. But I wasn't as aware because reading through this article, they were talking about the underground, which is what they call Driver Inc. And basically, it's a model based on commercial drivers who do not own, lease, or operate their own vehicle, becoming incorporated and receiving payments from the carrier with no source deduction. Basically, they're not hiring them as employee, they're as contractors, still using their equipment. The salary and everything might look exactly the same, but they're not getting any of the benefits and the opportunity to take advantage is huge. And I can tell you, and I I don't mean this as a slight to the trucking industry or anything, they will take advantage when it comes Mm -hmm. to cost cutting. But you know what? I don't even know why we're even focused on this. Let's do driverless. It's time. Like how far are we from Elon? Mm -hmm. Come on. Like we got to be close to it. I know we -hmm. have the technology you've been saying since 2016, we're a year away from driverless. And I, I think a lot of it is just fear on our end, because if one accident happens, suddenly everything stops. But I think we should focus on the other side of it. How many accidents are being avoided because of driverless options? Let's get on board. Let's get these trucks on the road with no drivers. 
I'm there. I, I mean, I think it also it sounds good. And certainly if you live in a climate like California or Arizona, it's probably very viable. But if you've ever driven on the highway between Calgary and Edmonton, when there has been freezing rain and then snow, it is truly like driving on a skating rink. Honestly, Serge, I don't see it will ever happen because of you the road think conditions so? and weather. No, honestly, I you think don't it think is technology far... can adapt to the weather as much as Ice? a physical person. No. no, I don't. I think I would argue it's the, the biggest other way around. risk. Search is not the driver. It is the hauling companies cutting costs on things like tires, brakes, and maintenance of the trucks because they're trying to squeeze every last dime out. So driverless trucks is euphoria for somewhere like California, where the roads are always clear and the worst you get is rain. But on icy roads here and trucks that aren't well-maintained, it's no, it won't happen in our lifetime. Oh, I guarantee you it will happen in our lifetime. I, I guarantee you it will happen before I retire. I electric trucks oh. will, but not driverless. That is not the reality of what's on the road today and will be on the road for the next 30 years. How about we do this? How about we launch it in California and then just hire the drivers from California to come here? They'll be looking for a job, right? So it's like, hey, there's plenty of jobs here if you want to. That is. Shelly, do you want to bring up the tip of the week? And before you do... Your tip of the week is brought to you by Plum. Plum knows that when people flourish, business thrives. Using science-backed insight, Plum aligns human potential with job needs, allowing you to build high-performing teams from one single platform, ideal for improving hiring choices, identifying future leaders, and offering personalized career advice. Plum supports the entire employee journey from hire to retire. Discover more at plum.io. Shelly, what's the tip of the week? So again, I think we are going to take a page out of what's happening in California, only this time we're using it for good and not evil. Um, Everyone who's a recruiter right now, I I want you to mark this date in your calendar to say, I heard it on the Recruitment Flex first. And that is, if you want to build a career as a recruiter, we know that Finding those niche skills that will be in high demand, low availability, it's identifying those ahead of the curve. The next critical skill shortage will be electricians. And what we're seeing happening right now in California is that there is one certified electrician for every 478 households. Now, we know we're moving towards electric vehicles. As houses get older, they're going to need their electrical panels upgraded. And the problem right now is that there aren't enough electricians. My tip of the week is start now. You've got a couple years ahead of the game, but there will be the highest demand we have ever seen for electricians coming up in the next three years. That's my tip. Yeah, I I agree. I think electricians are going to be even more in demand than even we can imagine with exactly what you mentioned. And to hear that there is one certified electrician qualified to work for every 478 Mm -hmm. housing units in the States, is pretty damn scary. And it goes back to what we've said is 
We should have told our sons and daughters be electricians because they're mm-hmm. going to be rich. Yep. Recruiters start building a talent pool, building relationships with electricians. <laughs> you will be rich. I agree. Yeah. Let's jump into the recruiting insights. And the recruiting insights this week is brought to you by Metova. Shelly, are you tired of the same old outsourcing woes? Well, say hello to nearshoring. It's like outsourcing, but closer, and it won't make you pull your hair out. Picture this, top-notch IT talent from Latin America. Many Latin American IT professionals have strong English language skills and even live in the same time zone, so no more midnight conference calls. Hallelujah. Plus, Latin America's growing tech ecosystem, strong educational institutions, and a pool of skilled IT professionals make it the perfect region for recruiting talent. I have the perfect company that does this. The company's name is Metova. They have local experts who handle everything from recruiting to HR support. So why settle for the same old outsourcing blues when you can have the nearshoring party with Metova? Look them up at metova.com and let's get the fiesta started. So Shelly, first recruiting insight I want to talk to you about is recruitment marketing tools. Usually a talent acquisition department has an ATS and a lot of them just have an ATS. That's all they have. They buy job ads from Indeed's at Recruiter. They might get some help from marketing on some items, but let's be realistic We need to up our game and we need to have tools to be successful in recruitment marketing. So there was a recent article that listed around eight recruitment marketing tools that you need for your HR tech stack. I'm not going to go through all of them, but I'm going to highlight some of the key ones. So the first one is programmatic job ads. In a place like in the US, you'd be crazy not to be doing programmatic instead of just relying on one vendor. In certain markets like Europe and Canada, it's a little bit more difficult because there is not a lot of big job boards or providers of a job ad distribution. But I agree. It mentions CRM, so a candidate relationship marketer. Like the only thing I would say here is go a little bit deeper. Just a CRM as a CRM, you need a little bit more. You need something like Candidate ID or even Candidate Hub are two great tools to get deeper insights on the interests of people looking at your brand and if they should work for you or not, and how do you keep them engaged. So in your recruitment marketing days or when you were leading recruitment, what tools did you have for analytics? How did you do analytics? I know it's a long time ago. It was spreadsheets. Search honestly, okay. it was spreadsheets, and there was one tool that we had invested in. It was a Canadian company that basically took data from disparate sources and enabled us to yeah. slice and dice it to get some really meaningful insights. Telemetry, people insights oh, is okay. what they were called. Yeah, people insights. I don't remember them? They've rebranded since, and they've done very well. And they were recently purchased by an HR tech firm. At any rate, that was then. I think of this whole list of recruitment marketing tools, if there's one thing that I would really encourage people to do, because for me, it's the most meaningful place to start, and that is just taking advantage of your Google Analytics. As you start to understand how traffic works, it gives you insight into your organic traffic so that you go to the table informed. 
if you need to spend money, you know where you need to spend it and you know how much you need to spend. But you're doing it based on some really good analytics, like where visitors are coming from, how long are they staying? And all of these typically already exist either within your marketing department or the marketing agency that your company uses. So yes, there's great tools. You know, we talk about programmatic, I get it. Um, CRM, social media that we hear about this all the time. But the most practical advice is I would suggest start there. I would go a little bit deeper. So I don't disagree. There's tons of data in your ATS. Google Analytics is one that I've used quite a bit just to get a sense of how many people are coming to the career site. But where recruitment leaders really drop the ball is they share that info in spreadsheets, right? And this is where number eight on the list is data visualization. I think that one is the most critical one because I had this example where I had data in so many different places. I was leveraging Excel, creating graphs. It all changed when I implemented Power BI. So Power BI, there's Tableau, which is another big one that put all our data in an easily to digest format that our leaders would look at and be amazed at the type of insights and data that we could get from it. We've had this data forever. We've been sharing it forever. But the minute that you'd be like, hey, you can go on this site, you click on mm-hmm. this, it's in real time telling you what our turnover is and talking about like a whole HR department, yeah. but your time to ha- every metric that you could possibly implement, get a data visualization tool like Power BI or Tableau. I think that is the number one thing you should do because all the analytics are there, right? Is how you package it up. Um, Presentation matters right? It, well, yeah. it, it really does. Presentation matters. And so that is an awesome recommendation, Serge. Awesome. Because it does elevate how the business sees you versus showing up with God, not another Excel spreadsheet. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. And talking about different tools that you have, uh, we found an interesting article about the top 12 applicant tracking system features you should look for. Shelly, do you want to highlight some of them? Yeah. Number one on the list, I can't agree more, is calendar integration. And (laughs) oh my God, help me. But do you know what, Serge? A lot of ATSs don't have it. What ATS doesn't have calendar integration anymore? Like if they don't, they shouldn't be in business. Exactly. Exactly. And interestingly enough, what we think of in terms of ATS is just simply taking the application process and digitizing it. There's a whole lot more. The other Mm. thing is, and I think what we hear over and over again, is integration. This week on our Tuesday show, when we were talking to Leah Daniels, that was her piece of advice, which is so wise. Companies always claim that their product integrates with your HRIS, your payroll system, accounting system. And Leah said, I'm not exactly quoting her, but she was like, get them to prove it prove to me that it integrates because that's probably one of the biggest challenges. And you don't always have to just buy the applicant tracking system that is already part of this package deal for an HRIS. Having another Mm. product that is specifically built for and provides the tools for us to effectively do our job, what we need is we need it to integrate with the HRS rather than taking the bolt-on. And the reporting dashboard. 
again, don't have everything just vomit on us into an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, there's a couple more that I think are very important as well. So one is user-friendly interface. It's got to be, of course, we spend 80% (laughs) of our time in it and we can figure it out, right? But where ATS drops the ball is the hiring managers, other people in the organization Mm. don't use it because it's so friggin' hard to use. And one that I become a big proponent of, it's onboarding functionality, like all your paperwork, all those things that you're doing manually right now, there is a way to automate or make it a lot easier for you. So your ATS should have an onboarding functionality as well. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, Shelly, we like we're December. Yep. And next year is 2024. And are you feeling down about 2023? I, I know we're going to have a show talking about 2023 yes, yeah. and 2024 predictions, but what's your overall year. sense? Like we were coming off the high, <laughs> I think, because yeah. 2022 was just a record-breaking year for myself and personally and professionally. 2023 was a, a bit of a wet blanket, man. It was, yeah. However, I think there's hope for next year. No, Shelly, you're right. I think 2024 is looking a lot more optimistic. I think there's mm-hmm. some good news stories. So our friends at Employed did a survey. Uh, so Terry Turhark, CEO of Employee-Owned Staffing Company, Next Thing RPO, had a couple of key points here. Despite rounds of layoffs and hiring slowdowns, 70% of talent acquisition professionals are hiring more compared to the previous year, according to a report from Employee Base on a survey of over 1,200 HR executives. More than half, so 53% of respondents reported increased stress levels, citing factors such as rise in open roles, a lack of qualified candidates. But that's last year. Let's talk about this year. So looking ahead to 2024, 50% of talent acquisition professionals expect Turbulent hiring conditions with 61% anticipating increased spending on recruiting efforts. More spending is always a good thing. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that he does predict is a rise in spending on generative AI and recruiting. Oh, no shit. I think we know that. To that point, it's like deciphering what's good and what's not is going to be the biggest challenge because I'll tell you next year, there is going to be a lot more spending in AI, but there's going to be a lot more spending on bullshit AI too. So be wary out there. But I think overall, if we look at the next year and looking at this survey, people are feeling pretty good with 61% spending more. That's a good sign, right? Mm -hmm. Especially after a year of doom and gloom, it's really looking up for recruitment next year. Okay. I'll go with that. So (laughs) Shelly, I know you have a plane to catch. So go enjoy your concert and I'll be at the Canadian Recruiter Networking Group. Yeah. Please represent nice. I'll represent nice. Yeah. What are you going to wear? I'm just. Are you gonna Are you gonna wear like a jacket? You're not gonna wear sweats or anything, are you? Do I usually wear runners? I always wear runners. You just Uh, you need to represent. I know you're always perfectly dressed. I'm just giving you a hard time. That's the one thing my boys absolutely hate is when I say, "What are you wearing? Are you really wearing that?" (laughs) I'm just giving you a hard time because I know how particular you you are. 
You don't judge. I don't uh, know how yeah. particular you are. <laughs> Perfect, Shelly. Well, enjoy right. your trip. And Thank we you. will see each other next week. Thank you. Au revoir. Shelly, let's face it. Texting candidates is the easiest way to hire quicker today. But your cell phone doesn't connect to your ATS. You're sharing your personal number with strangers. That's pretty scary, right, Shelly? And mm. it's not even legally compliant. Mm, this is where our friends at Rectex come in. They've created simple yet powerful text recruiting software that works with your ATS. Plus, it's designed by recruiters for recruiters, so you know it works. To learn more and book a demo, visit www.rectxt.com, mention the Recruitment Flex, and get 10% off annual plans. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing Business Bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.